Hello, hello, my dear audience. Hello, everybody. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel by now we have this wonderful community of intelligent, inquisitive people who are interested in growing, staying healthy, and being informed. You know that my specialty is healthcare or total well-being probably would be a better title. But unfortunately, well-being these days became not only the domain of healthcare providers and those who pursue well-being. It became a battlefield of politicians and very powerful businessmen. Mark Twain said, if you do not read newspapers, you are uninformed. If you read newspapers, you are misinformed. These days we are bombarded with misinformation. And I feel I must do something to be a part of the movement of helping people to sort out the truth from shameless propaganda. But frankly, I am neither knowledgeable nor connected enough to be one of those courageous people who are bringing the light of truth. Uh, I, but I'm, in, I'm educated enough to have my opinion. What news can be trusted? Uh, Joseph Stalin used to say, trust, but verify. That's one good thing he said, trust, but verify. Before following any news source, well, whether it's CNBC, uh, New York Times, or CNN, or Fox News, one must investigate if the providers of information have the integrity, if they lied to you, and it's been proven that they lied to you, then they're not a source that you want to listen to. Like, give you an example, New York Times, they knew the story that, uh, what's his name, Hunter Biden, and all this story with his computer. They knew it was true way, way a long time ago, but, but they kept it a secret because they did not want to reveal it. They did not want, want to confirm it till after election. Obviously, they choose sides. So that's, that's kind of, unfortunately, a source of information that cannot be trusted. I, frankly, I try to listen to different sources of news. I understand Russian, I understand Ukrainian. Um, I listen to watch BBC. Um, There is a lot of controversial information, but I think it's very important to listen to different sides and make up your own mind. So far, I find the best source of information about what's going on with politics today and World Health, Health Organization. And in our health field, I found in on the website of Dr. Peter Bregan, you know, he is also a host of Peter Bregan's Hour on Wednesdays at four o'clock, 4 p.m. Uh, and he has his own website, bregan.com. I would very highly recommend that you go on his website and you have so much information that that has 
references. You can go then look at the links and see that, that he is not just making it up. He is not giving his opinion. I am giving the opinion about his website, other websites. He doesn't give you opinion. He gives you data. He gives you research. There is another very good website called truthforhealth.org. Dr. Lee Vliet, a physician, is one of the uh, creators of this site. These are the people who I believe uh, dare to speak the truth. They don't gain anything from it. Peter, uh, people like Robert Kennedy Jr. I think probably he uh, lost a lot of connections, personal relationships. Uh, and yet, just like I think I told you, or maybe not in one of the, I think one of the shows, earlier shows I told you that I lost a friend because I shared with him. That was a long time ago when Donald Trump was running for, for president. And I have had a very good friend and still I think he's a wonderful, wonderful human being. But uh, I heard uh, the interview that Donald Trump had uh, in, in 2015, that Donald Trump had with Oprah Winfrey in 1988. And then suddenly when Donald Trump started running for president, everybody was laughing and thinking that it was impossible for him to become a president. I heard him say exactly the same things that he was saying in 1988, when he didn't think at all about becoming president. So I liked what he had to say, yes. And, and I was sharing with my friend, a friend that I had for 30 years. And he said, you would vote for Donald Trump? And I said, yes. And he said, then we have nothing to talk about. Uh, you know, I lost a friend, but what can I say? He's a, still a very good person. Uh, but that means we shouldn't be friends. If I cannot express my opinion or cannot be a friend, I have other friends with whom we disagree. Again, I uh, voted as many times in America for Democrats as for Republicans. I belong to neither party. But you have to follow your heart. And I follow uh, I, the person, I, I choose the person who I believe is good for America. And we see what is happening now in America since the new president uh, took the office. So, but it's just an opinion. And I hope, you know, we can have a dialogue and I don't lose friends now further or listeners because I'm telling you with my, what I think. Anyway, uh, that's why I like this um, network, because there are people, so many shows with um, hosts who have very different opinions. Uh, once again, we talk, we have today an open mic. Uh, we'll, I will uh, invite people to call with their questions or comments. Right after I respond to the email I received the other day, let me, uh, just in case, if you want to call while I'm talking, uh, the number here is 888-874-4888. Again, 888-874-4888. And of course, those who want to write to me can write uh, 
to Dr. Peter Resnick at gmail.com. D E D R P E T E R R E Z N I K at gmail.com. Remember, I told you that you can call during the show or send me an email with the issue or issues you want me to address in the following show, during the following show. So I received a very interesting email from Lily. Uh, she permitted me to use her name. And first I want to you to listen to what she wrote, and then I will make an attempt to, to respond or to help her out. Here's what she says. I would love to hear your take on starting over. It's by no means easy to start over in your golden age, golden years. I have heard you say nothing of value happens unless you take a leap into uncertainty. Yeah, she quoted absolutely correctly. These were the words of my teacher of blessed memory. So she goes on. I'm finally at this age valuing my worth and felt if my relationship is not fulfilling, I must act. And so I asked God to help bring me the circumstances that would guide me if and when I need to make a change. And he listened as always. I was ready to hear him and the decision and courage to make a change came very clearly. At this age, I feel even more important to cherish every minute of my life to the fullest. So far in the two months, I have enjoyed my solitude and peace. Perhaps God wanted me to grow from the experience. It is unfortunate that I am not able to call during the show because of the time zone differences. Thank you so much for your interest and feel free to mention my name. You have my approval. Okay. By the way, as I, oh, here I got somebody, uh, Gia from New York. Uh, okay, before I answer uh, Lily, maybe Gia wants to contribute or make a comment. Uh, Gia from New York, please, uh, welcome to the show. You're on the air. Thank you. Good afternoon, Dr. Resnick. I have to call you to let you know that I look forward to listening to you every week. I, I try not to miss it. You, you highlight my day and my week, and now I know why. I resonate very much with your thoughts and, and your feelings on certain things. And what you just said about uh, Donald, Donald Trump is like, it hit the spot. It hit right on target with me. That's just one of the things. I'm just being a little bit uh, light on that subject. But mm -hmm. um, for, as I said, I I, I get uplifted in my uh, my belief in humanity from listening to you because you you're a force of reason. And as I said, it resonates with me. And I just wanted to give you a shout out that don't don't think we're not listening because we don't call in. You know, sometimes it gets sometimes you get caught up in what you're saying, and it, I hate to interrupt that um, uh -huh. for some for, for some reality. You know what I mean? It's, it's, so it's nice like uh, cool. 
too harsh or what? <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's wonderful, particularly you said the higher power. And from the letter that went, uh, we just read, it really yeah. shows that Lily is connected with higher power, yeah. which made yeah. her made it possible for her to make uh, this mm -hmm. choice. So I wanted to say mm -hmm. to to mm -hmm. Lily, con congratulations. But mm -hmm. also, and please feel free to chip in, Jay, if you want. What also I feel, and again, I don't know the details of Lily's life, but I feel uh, you said that in these two months, you've been feeling peace and solitude. And that's that's a honeymoon that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, at the same time, Lily, you are asking a question, how to start over? It means mm -hmm. even though you enjoy your peace and solitude, you still feel this is not the end. Uh, what It's not what you wanted to accomplish to be by yourself. You are in transition and you want another relationship. So what I will attempt to do is to, to speak about how to transition from one relationship to feeling comfortable by yourself, which you are, so it's yeah. already fine. And then how to move into being open to another relationship and how to make the right choice. Yeah, I'm in a similar situation myself and lately I was like, oh. um, uh, you know, um, being uh, being a single woman, and I, I would love to have the right relation, you know, a relationship mm -hmm. in that. But um, so you are uh, the right person to call. <laughs> it's wonderful. I'm so happy yeah, you called. And, it's, and it's, I'm getting melancholy about that, but uh, um, I also I'm, I'm home a lot because I have eye eye issues until they're straightened out. Other than that, I'd be on the road. It, like the other day, I would have been at the beach. It's 90 degrees. I'm gone. I'm at the. Um, you know, it's like so. So, so let's say your make, happiness doesn't hinge on a relationship. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. There's oh. so much out there to enrich you, enrich you. So, um, and I believe when that time is right, that relationship will come to you. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I don't want to take up much, any of your time, but don't think we're not listening. <laughs> we are. Thank you very much. That's very sweet of you to to reassure me. Thank you. You're thank very you, welcome. <laughs> thank you. And I remember we resonate also with what you, how you feel, and what you, what your, what your beliefs are, and otherwise, you know, and very much so more than anyone else that I I hear on in in the you know in this venue. It's very important. You do a good service. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, thanks for the call. You're uh, so, Bye -bye. Uh, um, you look, mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, here a woman called, first caller, and she's in the same situation. And the message from her is happiness does not come from a relationship. That is true, though I find, and I talk to many people, happiness comes from a relationship, first of all, from a relationship with yourself and having meaningful relationship with yourself and having meaning in your life. Nevertheless, human beings are social creatures and we do need relationships. 
uh, we need to have a lot of people want to have a partner in their life. And at times, you know, a person may be uh, not happy by, by oneself, by himself or herself, and then get into the relationship and still be unhappy. But some people are filled with the relationship and that, that's also fine. Uh, but definitely, uh, Lily, you need to explore what is important to you in your life. I'll give you an example. I remember many years ago, I taught a class on clinical hypnosis. And I had a, a one student who was 73 years old. And she told the, us, uh, the class a very kind of interesting story that for 30 years from the age of 20 to 54, she was working for New York Times. First, she was a, a, a young journalist, and then she traveled through many, many positions. And, and by the age of 50, she recognized that she needed to find another profession. She was fed up with politics. And uh, at 54, she entered pre-med. Can you imagine? At 58, she finished pre-med and enrolled in medical school and graduated at the age of 62, which means she completely, completely did a remake, life remake. And when I met her, she was 73, still taking a course in hypnosis, still continue growing. It's very important to find something that you have beyond the relationship. Then you bring something you, in, you enrich your relationship uh, by, by being a richer person. So that's, that's one thing. But if you're not interested, if you're interested in just retiring and, and enjoying your retirement, there is nothing wrong with that either, if you want to rest. So, uh, but I have a couple of things to say, because you are now in transition and it's been only two months. Don't be surprised. And again, you may celebrate and enjoy your solitude and, and peace. Uh, or you may feel a little different after a while. As I said, right now you're in a honeymoon with yourself. You, you have your freedom. You got rid of a relationship that wasn't worthwhile to be in. Uh, but when we are 20, 30 years old, things happen almost automatically, the same way for everyone. In your 20s, you either in college or you are working in your 30s, in your 40s, you are in a group of people, community of people. If um, you, you really, you wrote, you have uh, one child, grown woman. Um, it's still being in 40s, being a parent, and you congregate with other parents, but when you are 60, you're in a different category of people. Many people are married, and some, I don't know how it is with you, but some people reported to me suddenly, friends stop inviting them. They were inviting them when, when they were in a couple, but now suddenly nobody invites them, and they feel kind of lonesome. Uh, that's where, and, and it happens after maybe six months to a year when there's this feeling of freedom 
uh, and peace and solitude uh, already saturated you and you enjoyed it, suddenly you feel you want to be connected, you want to be a couple, and there is nobody there. So, and you ask in your, uh, in your email, how is it, how can I find somebody? And how can I find the right person? So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so I, I wrote down actually few ideas of how, how to start over beyond, as I said, beyond the profession and having some, something meaningful in your life. The wonderful news is that you have connection, as, as you call it, with God, or people have connection with higher power. You are not alone. The more, the closer you get in this relationship, the more you understand that there is someone there who is, has always been there for you and with you. And if you examine your life, you will find that even when things were painful at a certain time, looking back, you say, God, without that, I would not achieve this and this. And you understand the connectedness and meaningfulness of everything that happened to you. So you're already a winner that you have this relationship. Now, uh, the second, uh, th that is the first thing to recognize, that you are never alone. But the second thing is to make sure that you are, that you can appreciate what this person that was in your life, and I understand for many years, I think you mentioned altogether 17 years, uh, what this person brought in your life, what good this person brought. And you may say, oh, I was not appreciated, but you stayed in that relationship. And you have to think of something positive that this relationship brought in your life. Even if it wasn't um, always joyful, but the positive aspect may be something that you learned about yourself. Whatever it is, you have to spend time uh, evaluating and trying to understand what gifts this person brought in your life and what this person came to teach you by being who he is. Uh, after that, you have to let go of that relationship. That is completely release him. That is, don't allow yourself to go. After you went through this, right? maybe you spend the day, maybe you spend the week, maybe you spend the month, slow, slowly acknowledging, as I said, gifts and, and challenges, and then say, I release you and I release myself from this relationship. And from that time on, if thinking about this person comes to your mind, any thought comes, you simply go, oops, like a, like a bubble, burst the bubble, because you don't want to go back to what is in the past. Now that past, after you complete, and maybe you already did, after you complete that, that 
um, how to say it, re-evaluation of the, of the journey with this man, you have to release it. You, you thank him in your mind for being in your life because it is not, it's not by chance that he was in your life and certain gifts he did bring in your life. But then this is it. This is the past. Because you don't want to start a new relationship and compare the new person in your life to this one. Most of the time, unfortunately, um, it's a mistake because you do not see the person then with real eyes. Because you see only, oh, it's not him. And um, often that blinds a person and they don't see a red flag sometimes. Uh, so the next step, as I said, uh, step number one was recognize and appreciate your relationship with the higher power. The second one, completely release your old relationship. And when you know inside you don't have uh, longing for that person, you don't have regrets, and you don't have anger. Because remember, if you have anger toward the person you were uh, in a relationship, um, you are his prisoner. He lives rent free in your head. So, and who is suffering when you have anger and resentment? You are the one. So, you want to recognize that since you accept higher power, that nothing happens by a chance in the meaningful universe. So in this man was also not by a chance. Therefore, you release any uh, claims against him. You know, I often ask people to write accounts payable, accounts receivable, meaning hurts and guilts. Whatever guilt you feel, you need to forgive yourself or um, pay your debts, because guilt literally means debt. And whatever hurts you endured from others, you need to let it go. Just so you would be free. You set yourself free when you stop being angry. So that's when you know you're finished with that person. Then you are ready to meet somebody else. So now how do we meet a new person? Now, because you wrote that you are at your golden age, you're a grown person, you've seen life, and you know what's good, you know what is glitter and what's real gold. So you write a list of qualities that you want in your future partner. Uh, make sure that you write every single quality without which your person, you will not accept the person. And you absolutely don't write something that you are willing to overlook. Don't write it. Because once, I, because I will teach you the exercise to bring a person in your life. But, and, and it works. It's really magical, you know. Uh, I've gave, given this exercise to many people. Uh, but that's, I give this exercise only after they did all that process of letting go of the previous relationship. So you don't need to rush. Take your time out of respect to 17 years that you spend in that relationship, take a few more months till you know for sure that 
that relationship in the past. So then you write, it's very important uh, not to write things that you, you are willing to forfeit. I, I give you an example from, from many years, many, many years ago, uh, I uh, did this exercise with my teacher, with my mentor, Dr. Gerald Epstein. And it, it was more than 30 years ago, way more before before I got married and before I had children. Um, I wanted to meet a, a, a woman and my um, mentor said, write a list of qualities that you want in the woman. And I wrote a list. Um, and then I did this exercise that I will teach you. And then within two weeks, I meet this woman. She looks, sounds fantastic. Everything is good. We start a relationship. Remember, I'm already, I was already a therapist for, for at least 10 years or a little more. So we begin the, the, the relationship. In the beginning, it's so nice, first month. And after that, I am telling you, you know, I, <laughs> I never had a bad relationship. It's the relationship I saw, it's working or not, but this was unbearable. She, she was like jealous, uh, like if I turned to the right, she was convinced that I, I was looking at some woman one time because her vision was not so good. She even like said, you are looking, staring at this woman, but it was actually a dog, Collie, you know, with long hair. And we went to, to the theater and... Uh, a comedy club, like many, it used to be uh, Chicago city limits uh, in Manhattan. And suddenly she was saying, do you want, do you want to stay? Do you want to, uh, me to introduce you to this woman you've been staring at on the stage? It was crazy. So anyway, I was saying to myself, yeah, you're a therapist. You have to make a relationship work till it became unbearable. And so I go to, to Jerry and I say, what is this? The exercise I did, I met the woman within two weeks and it's not working. It's, it's a nightmare. I never had a relationship like this. So he said to me, okay, give me, tell me, did you write every single thing that you wanted? I said, yes, she absolutely is everything. And did you write, is she 100% of what you ask? And I said, well, uh, almost, I was silly enough. I wrote and she should be between five feet, two inches and five ten. For whatever reason, I was silly. I wrote this and I shouldn't have. I will explain to you later, you will know why. What happens? The moment you committed something to paper, when you do this exercise, this is it. Then you have to, you cannot change it. Then you will be sent exactly something that, that responds to your request. So don't take something that doesn't fit the bill. And what I did, I should have not written it, but I wrote between 5.2 and 5.10. That's how... It was quite permissive, and yet I still wrote it. So, and I said to Jerry, well, she's everything yet except this. You know, I wrote 5'2", and she happens to be 5'1". He said, that's the wrong woman. The right woman possibly was around the corner. 
So what, and I, over the years, I understood how important it is. Because imagine when you give, when you request something specific, that specific, a person with those specific qualities is coming. So then don't settle for something else. It, it's from the pool of many people, it's, but it's not your person. Or don't write at all. Uh, if if something is not important, let's say if at, um, if you want to meet somebody who is financially independent, so write financially independent, but don't write he must make at least a hundred thousand dollars because what if you meet somebody and he's making ninety eight point five, you will say oh that's okay no. No, if you already wrote 100, therefore don't write specific things. So, but if something is a deal breaker, if it's a must, then you have to write it down. Another short story, I gave this exercise to uh, a woman, again, for many people it worked well, but I gave this exercise to a woman and then she called me and said, listen, uh, your exercise is not working so well. I met this guy. There were 10 requirements. Every one of them fit the bill. But we, we, we met for dinner. He put his hand on my hand, and I felt nothing. I felt no chemistry, no sexual attraction, no, no energy between us. And I asked her, did you write as one of the requirements uh, good sexual chemistry, sexually appealing to me. And she said, no, I thought it comes with the territory. I said, no, if this is important, make sure you write it. And if something is not that important, don't write it at all. You understand? So, okay, so let's go back to that. Now you write that list, you read it, and then you do this exercise. Now. Uh, Close your eyes. I hope, Lily, I know that you, can, you are working now and that you will be listening to this show after work. So put everything aside. Sit in upright position. Close your eyes and say to yourself mentally, I am doing this exercise with an intention to bring a partner in my life or say it in your words, for love or marriage or whatever you want this person for, for loving, long-lasting relationship. And now think or imagine yourself sitting in a chair with the golden little bell in your hands, in your dominant hand. And you are sitting with your face to the door and looking down in your mind. Now you ring the bell and hear the sound travel in all directions. Ring the bell the second time. And ring the bell the third time and see, just look down, see the door open. It's all in your mind. Don't open your eyes, please. See the door open and you look down and see his shoes or feet. Don't look up. 
slowly look up till you see the face. Before you see the face, open your eyes. Know that this is him. And that's the whole exercise. So just remember, you do it for 21 days. But only after you are free uh, from a previous relationship. In fact, you know, when somebody, uh, one of my students or clients, tells me, I would like to meet somebody. I say to them, you know, when you meet somebody you like, you have to ask them a question that will sound kind of weird. And that is, you ask them, do you have attachments? And they will probably say, what do you mean attachments? And you say, do you have still someone in your life that you are attached to romantically? Maybe you separated from this person and uh, still long for this person, or you talk to this person and continue kind of partially relationship. Um, and if a person says, yeah, I kind of talk once in a while and I still miss her or miss him, then you say to a person, you know, I like you, we possibly have something going, but we'll stop seeing each other now. You go and address your issue, resolve that relationship. And it's so that you would be completely ready as I am for you. And then when you, if you, if it won't take forever, then when you call, we have a chance, we have something going, but we have to come for on the same level together, both free. So that's why I said that number one thing is to be free. And by the way, when you write your list, you have to write. Uh, sexually appealing to me, you have to write uh, available, uh, accepting of my family, think of all the things that are important to you, uh, uh, possibly financially independent. Um, that doesn't mean a rich person, but it means that the, you will not have to support that person. Uh, uh, intellectually compatible, attractive to me, and so on, and so on. But don't, really don't write anything that, that you are willing to oversee, as I said. Okay, this is, this is my answer to, to Lily. God, it took me so long. It's already 45 minutes into the show. Uh, if anybody has any questions or comments now, you're welcome to call. no questions, then I will remind you, you can, you can actually uh, send me just like Lily, send me uh, a request or a question that, uh, that I would discuss in the following, during the following show. I hope what I did today with Lily's uh, email will be useful to Lily. And again, uh, I mentioned, by the way, that it's very important to have meaning. I very much suggest two books. They are both incredible, both inspired me so much. Uh, one I read over 30 years ago, and one I'm finishing reading right now. 
And uh, it's really about meaning and how to make yourself happy regardless where you are. And one is a book is written by Viktor Frankl, Men's Search for Meaning. And the other one, the one which I'm reading right now, written by Dr. Edith Eager. And the title of the book is The Choice. Do we have any callers? No. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have some time. Maybe I will move on now, or oh, not on back to the subject we started a while ago. It's been now probably a year. It's an enormous, enormous subject, and that is fifth pillar of well-being. Remember my my book. <laughs> I don't know when it will be finished the six pillars of well-being, and we're still on the fifth pillar. Uh, we covered pretty much all the issues where we were talking about doing um, these fifth pillar discussions. We spoke about the challenges, the character traits, the conscious beliefs that we have that are dysfunctional. And I spoke about all 13 of them. I will not list them. You already probably heard them many times. But as I told you, while I was, I, I've been working on all this, finishing the book, I came up with uh, five more. I realized there are five more dysfunctional attitudes. And uh, I am really only in the process of of answering these questions or, or writing about them. And these five are self-centeredness, impatience, stubbornness, stinginess, and wastefulness. Uh, and recently, just like two weeks ago, I found an incredible book that speaks about many, many character traits that need to be overcome. So it's like oh, I, I'm almost satisfied uh, with what I wrote, for example, about self-centeredness. This, this is something I already prepared. Not completely, but, but I came up with, I found this book and I say, oh my God, it's, there is so much more useful information. So now I need to rewrite the whole thing on self-centeredness because uh, it's incomplete, because it's missing what, what I found in this new book. So I guess you cannot uh, exhaust, you cannot write everything on, on, on any subject because there is so much in, information available. So, but I'm trying to share with you only with information that can become your knowledge. And uh, as you know, and I said it a number of times, that knowledge is information or understanding gained through experience. So any tools that I share with you, they are real tools that you can apply in your everyday life and, and elevate yourself. For example, self-centeredness, if you're dealing with self-centeredness, it's just as, as uh, any of the mental and emotional challenges that we face, like those 13 that we that we already went through, and you can find them 
all on my archives. Uh, Self-centeredness is detrimental to ourselves and to those in relationship with us. So as I started uh, writing about self-centeredness, I looked on the internet uh, because so much is already written on the subject. First, I wanted to know if something was. And I went over a number of articles and I found the most, some are quite superficial, but I found a wonderful article written by Ashley Lederer. And she wrote it on, uh, in, only in February uh, of 2022. And it's, it, the article is called Seven Signs that you are dealing with a self-centered person and five ways to handle it. Of course, that's about others being self-centered. That's not what really we are doing in the fifth pillar of well-being. But we, we are interested in working in our own qualities. And even though what Ashley wrote is about how to recognize self-centeredness to others. When I read her article, I found that uh, it's okay. If we read, we may find that we can find these qualities in ourselves. So it still can be useful. And again, I came up with a number of suggestions on how to work on your own self-centeredness. But yet I would like to start by telling you what um, Ashley Ladder wrote, because I think it's quite good. So I just don't want to um, to repeat the same thing or to to tell you uh, about the self-centeredness and not to give credit. So most of the things I, I, I added some things to what she's saying, but most of of this part of recognizing who is self-centered, I learned from this article of Ashley Ladder. So number one, self-centered people have one-sided conversations. When talking to a self-centered person, you may notice that they tend to monopolize the conversation. That's uh, the author was interviewing another therapist, um, therapist by the name Taneli Smith. And she said that they tend to monopolize the conversation. So um, a lot of people who know a lot tend to monopolize conversation because they feel that nobody can contribute as much as they do. So, you know, often uh, these negative characteristics are combined with other characteristics. We'll, we'll, it's, it means a self-centered person can be also a person who is ungrateful uh, because self-centered people also tend to get things when they receive from other people, they accept it as, as natural. Uh, take it for granted. And we already spoke about one of the afflictions called ingratitude. 
I, I think it was one of the first subjects that I covered. So, so a person who is self-centered also may deal with the ingratitude of his or her life and may not. So, but in terms of sharing, for example, you might begin to share about a difficult work situation that you were in. And then they take the opportunity to go and talk about their own uh, stresses without even referring at all to what you said, as if you said nothing, as if they didn't hear you. And possibly they didn't because they are not so interested. They're interested in what they have to say. Um, this, this is self-centered behavior also demonstrates that the person have has a little capacity uh, to be curious or imagine another person's perspective to have what be, would be called empathy or a compassion the word compassion by the way comes from latin patio core patio patio means pain suffering so compassion is suffering with suffering with someone and people who are self-centered cannot feel that feeling of pain or, or uh, suffering for another human being. How true it is, you know, I think of so many experiences when, when, you're, when you're talking to someone about yourself and the person suddenly before you finished, and probably many of you experienced it, before you finished, the person is already going, uh, talking about themselves, tells their story, like, and you're left like, oh, oh, I was just talking about something. And very often that um, the person may be very eloquent and save something which is very interesting. And yet you walk away feeling kind of empty, feeling unheard, because self-centered person feels that what they have to say is way more important than what you have to say. So that's that's a problem. There, there is a number, as I said, there are seven, uh, Ashley Letter uh, mentions seven signs a person is self-centered, and I covered just one. Uh, next time we talk, uh, I will talk about the six others, and then I will talk about uh, what I actually wrote about self-centeredness and mostly the tools to overcome it in yourself. But for now, our, our show is coming to an end. The time is running fast. And I want to remind you all, uh, you absolutely, I, I understand now. <laughs> now I, I have many people call already by now and, and write to me. So I know you are there. Thank you for those who call. Thank you for your good thoughts and your good emails. I want to remind you once again, you're absolutely welcome. Uh, I don't want to just list my old cases. I could go back to my notes uh, and just changing names of people. I could tell you hundreds of cases that are quite interesting and how they were. I was dealing with them. And, result helped people and times when I helped very little and what was preventing me to be helpful or for a person to succeed. So 
Uh, but that's not as much fun, uh, not just fun, but it's just telling you about what was. I would rather you call or write to me with real issues that you are dealing with right now, and I will address them. Then it will not be just a teaching tale, but it will be a direct um, guidance that may be very useful to you in your everyday life. So please either call next time, call in with your comments, even about today, um, what I spoke today regarding uh, finding a new partner, or if you have a question, or just like Lily, send me an email and ask questions. I will think about it. I will do research if I if nothing comes to my mind right away. But most of the time, frankly, when people by now, after so many years of practicing, when people walk in my office, now virtual office, and ask questions, most of the time I have, have something to say. I may not have all the answers because I need more information from you, but I have ideas because I worked with so many thousands of people. Anyway, thank you very much. Uh, for being with me today, uh, as Gia uh, reminded me to say, and I'm very happy to say, be happy and peace to all who want to live in peace.